Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. So the starting gun fires and what must be one of the longest and most gruelling races in the universe begins. The race for a sperm to beat millions of other competitors to fertilize an egg. A sperm will travel 3,000 times its own size on its own power. And while there can only be one winner, new research has shown that this doesn't mean that they can't help each other out. Here to talk us through it is Xi Quan Tung from the Department of Physics at North Carolina State University. Welcome to the program, Xi Quan. Um, this is really interesting research. Why were you looking at, um, at sperm? What is your interest in uh, sperm and motility? So I am trained as a physicist, and my focus in terms of sperm motility has been on how the physical environment that naturally presents in the female reproductive tract influence the sperm motility behaviors. So in the past couple of years, I have been building models to test how different kinds of physical features that we can find in the female tract and how they influence the sperm motility. One of those we tried to do was to simulate the mechanical property of mucus, which is the actual fluid that sperm will swim in the female system. So this mucus kind of fluid property, we call it viscoelasticity, we can use some long-chain large molecule polymer to simulate this kind of mechanical properties. And almost immediately after we tried to do this, we saw that sperm start to swim in groups then close to each other. Okay, so I so, want to go through that step by step because it's really fascinating. Because when I started reading about this, I, I was trying to think, and I was embarrassed I didn't know this, what the medium through which sperm swim is. And it's it's mucus. But from from the neck of the cervix, which now I'm going to embarrass myself, this is the beginning of the journey, is it not? The neck of the cervix? For, for human, it's vagina. It's vagina, okay. Okay. See, I already embarrassed myself. You can send your um, your slagging emails to me now, scienceatnewstalk.com. So then from the vagina all the way up to um, uh, where the womb is, you have presumably different types of, let's call it media for a science, different sorts of fluids on that journey, right? Right. So what are those different fluids? Because you talked about this, you know, viscoelastic, sort of thick, uh, mucus that it has to go through, but there's, are there different types of sections, um, and that and do they have different types of liquid? How does it get from from the vagina to the womb? Yeah, different parts of the female tract does secrete different fluids. Most of them, they, they, they do share some kind of this kind of like mucus kind of fluid. They're right. not exactly mucus everywhere, but but a lot of them has that kind of, they're not like water kind of thing. Okay, so it's, it's all yeah. sort of um, thicker than uh, water liquid and there's various thicknesses or viscosities of, of that a liquid. And, and as a physicist, you're looking at the mechanical properties to see what happens as they go through these different uh, types of, uh, of uh, materials. Um, right. So do they know where they're going? Like, I know that sounds like a really stupid question, but um, do, do, do sperm just go in all directions and then some are lucky and they hit the womb or... Or, or do they all so go in a singular the, direction? So one of the work that we have done was that because we know there are those groove-like structure on the side of, say, cervix and oviduct as well. And one of the work we did earlier was that we show once a sperm enters a groove, it has a very strong tendency of just following through. So for those two places, we believe they can utilize those those physical features to follow through to go to go 
all the way. Um, uterus is a different story because there is no groove there, so the guiding principle is not very clear. Wow. Okay. So when there's when there's essentially a path, uh, it makes sense that they go down the path. But when they get to the uterus, it's not quite clear how they continue on that journey because there's nothing pointing them in that direction. So um, the interesting thing that you found is that when we when we see uh, films or animations of sperm, it's often uh, individual stragglers all going um, on their own. But you found that um, rather than uh, marathon runners, um, sometimes these sperm group together almost like a peloton in the Tour de France. Uh, if you want to put it that way, yes. I do, I do. So I spend we, a bit of time thinking believe, about it. So we believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we believe this kind of phenomenon is probably more common in the lower tracks, such as cervix. Um, once you get over that, the numbers are usually not that high, so it, it's probably less likely. But different parts of the track, there probably exists different kind of strategy for them to go through. So when you say strategy, that makes um, that makes people start thinking that you're you're yeah they don't really think about yeah they're I not mean, thinking about evolutionaries speaking but but right. yeah so th- this this journey has been shaped and this you know how they navigate this journey has been shaped through evolution so uh, at some points they're on their own and then through this thicker mucus they they um, they group together is that right why would they do that yeah. why is that advantageous mechanically speaking how they actually group together. There are different ways we can explain it. It can be related to the flow field they, ge- they generate. It can be related to the elastic property of the fluid. Um, there are several theories or models being used to explain those. Each seem to work fine, so we don't know for sure. When you say um, flow line, are you talking essentially like a slipstream? Yeah, so generally speaking, the way sperm swim is using the, fragile, the, the tail to push the fluid backwards so that the sperm will move forward. Yeah. And in this process, the, the, the swimming itself generates a flow. So this flow generated from the swimming can allow them to interact with neighbors. So when they when they stick together, I mean, obviously there are many millions of sperm in a single ejaculation. Um, when they come together, are they um, hundreds? Are they thousands? Or are they in groups of five or ten? We usually see five, ten thousand kind of number, three possible. Um, there are situations it can be hundreds that 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 requires some setup, but we have we have seen that as well. And and this is is I suppose it's surprising in a way because we didn't know that before. We didn't know that sperm grouped together at times to get through the uh, I suppose the the muddier parts of the the female tract. Do we think that would be the same in all mammals? If the interaction is physical, I see very little reason to think otherwise. Yeah, and so. What do we think is the benefit evolutionarily? Because when you think about it, every sperm is trying to do it on their own. They don't want to help others. And, and by, by forming a group, you are elevating the possibility of another sperm beating you uh, in the race. So is there any theories as to why a sperm would uh, group together with other sperm to make it through the tract? Yeah, this is a very interesting question. So our more recent work, we found that um, when sperm swim together, there are three different biological advantages. One is that when there is no flow, they swim more straight, meaning they don't they, they are more directional because sperm don't just circling around or tumbling around, right? They want to go somewhere. So, so that's part of helping them to go somewhere else. 
if there is a flow, then they are more aligned against the flow. Once again, we know in the female system that generally speaking, there is our going flow at different parts of the female system. So that's kind of like a, is that kind of like a salmon swimming upstream? That's what it is. Right, 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 right. So, well, the mechanism's different, but, yeah. but, but same phenomenon. So when they swim in group, they are aligned against the flow better. That's what we saw. Um, the last thing is because in uterus, we know because of muscle contraction, there are occasional very strong flows. And we saw that it, when they group together, they are less likely to be carried downstream by the flow. So swimming together provides them these motility advantage. And our thinking is that this will help them go through the lower track, let's say cervix or 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 uterus, and once they get to obeduct, as I mentioned earlier, because then their numbers will be lower, and then then that's when those individual swimming things start to take place. Right, so that's when the real race begins. Really interesting. Does this have any implications for IVF? We do know that in order for fertility to happen, sperm needs to go through various parts of the female system. A lot of biologists believe that, that those mechanisms create a selection mechanism in the female system for yeah. the better sperm to reach the egg. Yeah, so it's basically a way of weeding out weaker sperm. The stronger the sperm, the more uh, likely it's going to be a healthier child, and that would make sense from an evolutionary point of view. There is that thinking. Um, exactly how that works is not very known yet, but but there is thinking in this direction. Right. So the thinking is, if we understand this better, we can use similar mechanism to select better sperm for IVF, for example. Oh, wow. So you would get a sample, uh, put it through the um, a mucus test, theoretically, and the ones that did well there uh, might be better for future screening. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one line of thought. There I didn't do it, but there are works showing that um, you go through some sperm swim through some sort of mucus environment, those will have better fertility results. Really, really interesting. Fascinating speaking with you. Ji Kuan Tung from North Carolina A&T State University. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that's pretty much everything you could possibly want to know about sperm, isn't it? Case closed. That's it. Line drawn underneath it. Um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed that. You can let us know your thoughts on the program by emailing us, scienceatnewstalk.com, and we get to all of those comments in the podcast. Listen and subscribe for free in the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk.